1: hello everyone and welcome to adam's on
0: agriculture thank you for joining us and letting us be part of your day here we are at midweek and i am in decatur illinois central illinois side of the farm progress show that's just a month away now hard to believe that uh, we're that close we're going to get an update on the show an update on crops here in uh, central illinois lots to talk about on our program today our farm progress show preview series brought to you by Tavium Plus Vapor Grip Technology Herbicide from Syngenta. Always read and follow label instructions. Tavium Plus Vapor Grip Technology is a restricted-use pesticide. Joining me on the program today will be Matt Youngman, Director of Trade Shows for Farm Progress, also one of the host farmers here at the Farm Progress Show, David Bricks, and also with us, Blake Miller, Agronomy Services Representative, for Syngenta. So we have lots to talk about. And I remember being here on May 10th and the whole discussion was around nothing was planted. And here we are uh, on July 24th and we've pulled a few uh, ears of corn here, Matt Youngman.
2: Yes, yes. So we're all, uh, you know, all of us are, are variably qualified as agronomists trying to figure <laughs> out what this is going to look like a month from today.
0: Yeah. David Brick, uh, you pulled these ears. Uh, tell us about them.
3: Yeah, well, when you compare ear to ear, it's kind it, of, you, you can't really do much difference because they're all the same number. So it's all 86-day corn. But it, it is variable, you know. I mean, yeah, they're, they they uh, they went through, luckily we went through pollination uh, when it wasn't so hot. So that, that was good. Uh, pollination looks good. You know, most of them are 12 to 14 around. Um you know, they uh, taller a lot taller corn than we expected. You know, we expected with eighty six and seventy five day corn, we expected it to be real short, but but Mother Nature, you know, with the heat units it, it popped up there, you know, it's still six, seven foot tall. So it it looks good from that standpoint. The 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 population's great, you know, the stand count's good. So, you know, the ears are a little smaller, but you can expect that with eighty six day corn. We we kind of predicted that to to, to
2: silk about July seventh eighth and it did it was right on that okay yeah okay that's good i mean it's hitting
3: it was almost at two exact days when when the charts say so and then the charts tell us that we should black layer easily you know a week before the show so because we are above gdu or ahead so that's so that's a good thing so
0: yeah you got the hot humid weather uh last week then now we're in a cooler stretch which
3: we're all enjoying but uh what you really
0: could use here some rain,
3: right? Yeah, we've missed a lot of the rains as well. You know, you look, you know, across the maps in central Illinois it seems to be on the on the dry spot right now, and uh, and we are. So we've had a couple uh, a couple concrete wetters, and that's it. You know, for probably two three weeks, we haven't had a substantial rain, so we could sure use one.
0: Hard to believe how things have changed in a couple of months, right? That's
3: exactly right. It's, it's got to be good for putting up hay, though. I mean, it. It's yeah, good. we're we're doing second cut now. We're trying to. Timing-wise, we're you know get get uh, get this second cut out of the way and give us another 25-30 days to wrap up that last one right before the show comes in. So so hopefully you know the the plan is coming together better than it did earlier. So. Uh, hopefully that continues and we can keep on track. You're feeling a lot better, right, Matt, about how things will be at the end of August? It's kind of amazing how Mother Nature can make you feel better. You know, it's it's a
2: beautiful, beautiful day outside, so that certainly helps everybody's attitude.
0: Yeah, you'd take three days just like uh, today, boy, wouldn't I, you?
2: Yes, and I, I know the farmers around here aren't going to have any, anything to do <laughs> other than come to the Farm Progress Show for three straight days.
0: We are at the Farm Progress Show side in Decatur, Illinois. Later in the program, we have some news to talk about. Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL-FC. Stone will be with us. Not only will he be talking uh, his market outlook, but some news. Uh, it looks like we're going to get some details this week on the market facilitation program payments. Uh, the word out is be a minimum of fifteen dollars an acre, but we're still waiting for all the the details on that. And it looks like uh, there will be n- another round of meetings between the U.S. and China in China next week. So. Here we go. The the optimism, the anticipation will start ramping up that maybe something will get uh, uh, concluded in those talks, or we'll get further towards a conclusion next week. We will see. We've been down this road a lot over the last uh, year. I want to talk with Blake Miller with Syngenta? Blake, I know as you travel around uh, the Midwest, you're seeing a lot of varied conditions, aren't you?
4: Yeah, it's 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 pretty variable between. I kind of run between the Mississippi river and the Indiana state line in central Illinois. And, um, it, it, it truly is, uh, from, from beans that probably won't canopy to the June corn ever, you know, that's a high percentage when you look at that across that scope and, and how that'll all turn out. There's a lot of, uh, angst, I think, in, in with that whole process, especially
0: on that bean crop, that's like a big unknown right now, isn't it?
4: It, it really is. Um, you know, though, I, there's been such a high expectation of these 75, 80 bushel beans the last three, four, five years. It, it's, it's hard to believe, I'm pretty conservative, that we're going to produce those type of yields. Uh, hopefully, there, there's enough there to, to pay the bills at the end of the day, right? That's what we're aiming for. So, yeah, the the bean crop uh, on the way over this morning, there's beans they are less than boot top high, you know, in, in certain areas. So... Uh, hopefully this thing progresses and the, and the frost is delayed. Yeah, that's what we're all watching now. With that that fr- that frost date. David, how
0: do uh, beans look here around uh, Decatur?
3: Yeah, they're they're way behind too. You know, like like he said, like Blake said, it's you know we don't have. I don't think we got any beans over knee high that you can see. Barely canopied. You know, uh, they're they're you know good good color and and. Uh, and but they could definitely use a drink in some more warm weather you know to get them keep going so but uh, i'm i'm a lot more optimistic on our corn crop than than i am our bean crop as of right now yeah yeah it uh, it seems to be a tad bit behind
0: we'll talk more about crop conditions we want to get into some of the agronomic uh, issues uh, with Blake Miller that farmers are facing uh this year but first of all matt i wanted to ask you how are overall plans for the show going with you being just a month away now
2: yeah everything everything is on pace you know rick wild is the operations manager and he came into town for good monday and the landscapers came in and and i think that the first of the tent companies are coming in today i'm getting a head nod out of that Mm -hmm. first of the tent companies are coming today and so you know it's it's just starting to roll it's 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 starting to happen and and you know it, this is kind of the fun transition period where it's still pretty calm out there on the show site but you can see the plans you've been making all year really start to come to fruition as the stakes go down and mark out lots and the the buildings are getting their finishing touches on them after all the construction that happened all summer and so it's you know it, this this is when it starts to get exciting
0: august 27th 28th and 29th the dates for the farm progress show and she said kind of each day now things just start kind of ramping up a little bit more right? yeah
2: you know there, there's a lot of uh considering where considering the tough year that 2019 has been and where the ag economy has been um you know the the optimism of agriculture is kind of on display normally i you know i know about some new product introductions that are coming about but i can't talk about them yet and and this year, you know, we've got the the Case Tractor, Kubota, Versatile, Fent is adding new things to their family, Kloss, Rocks, or there's just, you know, the list goes on and on.
0: And we'll talk about those here on our program today. It's a Farm Progress Show preview here at the Farm Progress Show site in Decatur, Illinois. Stay with us. We have much more to come, plus market information from Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone here on Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Recently on Adams on Agriculture. Well, Congress still has a lot to do in the short period of time before their August recess. One of the things that certainly the biodiesel industry would like to see get done would be a tax extenders package. We're going to talk about that now with former North Dakota Senator Byron Dorgan. Do you see... uh, a path forward on this tax extenders package?
5: I hope to, hope there's a path forward. We're working very hard to try to do that. You know, when I was uh, a senator, I actually was one of the authors of the Renewable Fuels Standard to help create a renewable fuels industry with uh, ethanol and biodiesel and so on. And it's been unbelievably successful, actually. But, but now we're kind of uh, finding some significant headwinds. It's been, it's stalled. I mean, we're we're not getting the, uh, the volume obligations out of the EPA. We're not getting uh, an extension of the tax credit. We've got some issues on trade that we've got to deal with.
0: For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture.
4: The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed.
5: My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. Yeah. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign.
0: She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very
6: concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's very important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there
7: for you, and we'll figure it out.
4: When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
1: Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit.
0: You're listening to A O A Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world.
1: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams.
0: Welcome back. Broadcasting today from the Farm Progress Show site in Decatur, Illinois. Farm Progress Show coming up August 27th, 28th, and 29th to you by tavium plus vapor grip technology herbicide from syngenta always read and follow label instructions tavium plus vapor grip technology is a restricted use pesticide i'm joined by matt youngman director of trade shows for farm progress also host farmer david bricks and blake miller agronomy services representative for syngenta all right blake um what have been some of the biggest weed challenges you've been dealing with this year
4: it, 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 uh, Mike, it really is around water hemp again. Imagine that. It's, it's magical. And, and it, it appears that, uh, you know, we're losing traction with some key sites of action the Group 27, the HPPDs, and corn. It, it's hard to sort a lot of things out this year because of the environmental impacts that we've seen. But that Bloomington East area that I cover in central Illinois seems to have some slippage. Um, I, I think there's going to, have to be some radical changes in behaviors about the the herbicide programs that are deployed we're gonna have to start using more pre's followed by post and in a lot of guys in this area do that but it's it's been unique to watch that happen versus Bloomington West there's less calls so we really have to be uh, disciplined about protecting the sites of action that are on the market today because uh, not, not, not doomsday here, but you know, what glypho- the glyphosate era did to the R&;D engines of the basic manufacturers, there, there's nothing on the immediate horizon which we've had over time to save us. When the ALS's is like pursuit were challenged, here came glyphosate. Now you know, the dicamba, the enlist, the Liberty, that space is kind of shored up momentarily the, the sins we committed during that time. but there's just nothing there right now. We, we may be a decade out, eight to ten years before we see a new molecule to, uh, to work out here in the environment. So it's, it's really key that we keep extend technology durable by doing the right things with resistance management and all the other tools we have in the toolbox.
0: Is this year, because it's so unusual, I mean, do we just say this is just you know, an exception, not the rule? Hopefully we'll get back to something closer to normal next year. Or is this a year that we do learn some things uh, that we will need to apply moving forward, do you think?
4: I think we, I think it's it's the latter. I think we need to take the learnings from this year uh, and, and, and build those together with the learnings of the past. And, and the new strategy, the new game plan for 2020 is a more robust, disciplined look at the herbicide acre and I think we need to do that. We really need to be diligent and protect these sites of action, which protects yield and all those other things. It all ties together out there. We, we have to quit making a deposit to the seed bank with these resistant weeds because it, it's somewhat misunderstood. But once that resistance is woven in its DNA, hundred years from now it'll still be resistant to that side of action so we really need to be cautious zero tolerance to for uh, for deposits to the seed bank of weed seed is is critical David we talked
0: about this early on with the spring the way it was and you couldn't get out there to fields and there was a concern that that, you know uh, you were not only behind on uh, on weed control but what that seed bank what was happening that uh, was going to continue to be a problem for some time
3: yeah if you drive around our area i think the the biggest trouble is 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 we was trying to juggle two different two different uh uh uh, aspects tillage with compaction or no tillage and no weed control you know and and you can drive easily around here and and just see you know uh, uh terrible weed pressure that now will go to seed because it was too tall because guys didn't you know want to take that chance on on the conventional tillage side to be able to tear that out and and you know so you you know kind of two steps forward three steps back so now you've got a, a lot of high pressure weeds out there that'll be going to seed that that you know you can't control and and then it's just a, a you know a trickle down effect you know you know we we tilled everything and uh, we took that chance and and I'm glad because you know uh, we did, and we did pre and post both, and, and all our ribbons are Liberty, and and we've had really phenomenal luck on the weed pressure side. So, and I think you know that was just because we we took that, uh, just took that wing in a prayer that it was going to be the right thing, and 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 hopefully you know and did the tillage.
0: So Blake, even if weather returns to somewhat normal next year, we'll still be feeling the impact of this year, right?
4: I I, I do believe so, and I want to want to touch on something. He just said, which was critical. The other weed is is mare's tail, and it's 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 almost uh, funny to drive around and see where a guy actually tilled twice around the field. There's no mare's tail, and then left the center. I mean, it's it speaks volumes to uh, I was with our head of R&D, Steve West, three four weeks ago. We were talking about this whole dynamic, and it's a more comprehensive look. Then where's this next blockbuster AI? Where, where's that next active ingredient coming from it, it's a it's a collective approach which uses tillage which uses unconventional methods maybe it's cover crops because because those things really are effective but we've allowed to you know it's pretty easy to call the retailer and say hey spray the field versus versus till it so I, I think that's a critical basic principle tenant that we need, might need to return back to what are you seeing disease insect pressures around
0: central Illinois
4: yeah so where I'm from as you guys know west of the river we, we tend to harbor Japanese beetles but they've actually been somewhat lighter than normal those would be a key watch out um, on the corn front the, the alarm right now there, there's always the fear of the tar spot piece but we're done in this in this area I'm, I'm more concerned now with monitoring southern storms and southern rust as you all know, that has to be blow, Those spores are blown in. They they won't reside here over winter, and uh, that that is a devastating disease with a very tight cycle. There's been some gray leaf spot. The other one that's really popping up is physoderma brown spot. It actually uh, it actually starts to build in the whorl, and you get striping from it. It's not known to be a huge yield robber, but there is a stock rot portion that has a a bit of a nasty. Uh, taste where the the nodes snap off at the bottom which would make them unrecoverable to come in the combine very few reports of uh frog eye leaf spot and soybeans right now it's been it's been more you know monitoring where the gray leaf spot we had all that inoculum last year where's that going to come in this in this mid-may planning snapshot in that june they're going to be they're going to be under siege when they get to that point of reproduction. So it's something that's going to have to be monitored as we go forward. And you're going to have to marry agronomics and economics then. You're going to have to decide whether I can afford to treat that crop or not and what that does to harvest efficiency. I think the eye on the later plantings really needs to be what harvest efficiency looks like. It's going to be tough to harvest down corn in December, right? So you've got to kind of – Marry all that together and make that decision.
0: Still a lot of challenges ahead for 2019, sure, right? Sure, sure. David, what are you seeing? Disease and we doing. doing We've
3: just been uh, thoroughly just got done with a bunch of corn uh, scouting, and gray leaf spot was our majority. And we did just this morning pull the plug on a bunch, or I guess pull the plug or, or uh, accepted a bunch of fungicide treatments. So, yeah, we're probably going to end up treating about 75% of all of our corn acres. Beans are still, you know are a little tough to tell yet uh on the ground you know on the on the on the monetary side of it with the price raise that we did see you know so there's a little bit more out there to protect now that you know that we do see what our yields are plus plus with the boost in the prices so you know at three bucks you know it wasn't looking you know late planted corn at three dollars it wasn't looking to go spend 20 or 25 dollars on a fungicide treatment that that we're all just gung-ho for it so but with with the changes that we've had since then and and the outcome that you know there is a potential crop out there and with the price increase that uh, we are moving forward with fungicide treatments
0: blake what are you seeing and real quick uh handling of these prevent plant acres
4: yeah that's that's, it's that's worrisome to me based on the deposit to the seed bank because those now you have water hemp with no competition which will likely yield their maximum output then those are legendary volumes right and deliver that seed that's resistant carries all these resistances to the acre so a good strategies have been to try to till and then get something with pretty good growth habit whether that's sudax oats rye something growing that's going to get that's going to cause shading and canopy
0: All right, we're at the Farm Progress Show site in Decatur, Illinois. We're talking with Matt Youngman, Director of Trade Shows for Farm Progress. Coming up, a complete look at the next month's show and uh, some of the new things that will be happening here. We're talking with host farmer David Bricks and Blake Miller, Agronomy Services Representative for Syngenta. Coming up next, some market information from Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone. Stay with us here on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Recently on Adams on Agriculture. So recently at um, a hearing on dietary guidelines, we heard quite a bit from the emerging plant-based foods industry and one of the comments we heard from uh, someone with a coalition for healthy school food a new york group that promotes plant-based foods uh, they called for the removal of dairy as a food group let's get some reaction to that from the dairy industry now alan bjerga with the national milk producers federation joins us alan what do you think of that comment well you don't go out and and start thinking that folks are going to be removing dairy as a food group anytime soon, but you also have to be mindful of the voices where this is coming from and, and understanding the importance of responding to these voices when you're dealing with the dietary guidelines. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture.
8: Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. U.S. crop prices trying to grind higher amid hot and dry conditions in the farm belt. According to private forecasters, temperatures will reach 88 degrees in Chicago on Saturday and traders are taking notice. December corn erased intraday weakness Tuesday. We closed higher private exporters reporting to USDA cancellations of export sales of 100,000 metric tons of soybeans for delivery to unknown destinations during the 2018-19 marketing year. New crop November soybeans extended lower on Tuesday as a choppy and consolidative trade continues. The weather outlook for the Midwest has again turned drier. Meanwhile, USDA will provide more information on the distribution of trade aid to farmers to compensate them for the loss of China markets by the end of the week. That according to Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue. In soybean futures, the new crop November up eight and three quarters at nine, twelve and a half an hour into the trading day. December corn up a penny and three quarters at 433 and a quarter. Minneapolis spring wheat September up three and a half at 524. Chicago wheat September up nine and three quarters, 497. Kansas City September at 440 and a quarter. That's up eight and three quarters an hour into the day. Livestock at the Merck in live cattle futures. The August contract Near change, down two cents per hundredweight at 109.02. Feeder catalogus down 37 at 141.82. We're waiting for cash cattle activity in the South. Bids at 109 live, Kansas, Texas asking prices 113 or higher. Clean hogs August 37 cents higher, 86.55. The Dow is down 86. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halbrusson from the American Ag Network.
0: welcome back we're in decatur illinois at the farm progress show site and we'll have more on the next month's farm progress show here in just a bit but right now i want to check in with arlen suderman chief commodities economist for intl fc stone arlen thanks for joining us a couple of items in the news we'll start with uh, trade talks with china looks like we'll have uh, officials going t- back to china next week face-to-face talks that's going to ramp up the optimism and anticipation again uh, how are the ag markets reacting to that news?
5: I, I think with a dose of skepticism, but uh, reluctance to be short. Sure. We are seeing some firming prices. Some of that's due to a drier forecast as well. But no real energy there for sustaining a rally. Um, We don't see anything in the cash market to uh, substantiate some of the rumors about big Chinese purchases. Uh, As we talk to private buyers, we see no enthusiasm about getting involved in this. Um, So if there's going to be any big purchases, it would probably have to be uh, grain slash Kafka uh, state organizations doing it, um, and then putting it on the market. But right now, the indications are they really don't need any beans short term, and and there's no real price incentive uh, for the private buyers to buy from us right now to take that risk.
0: And at some point, it's like how many times can you cry wolf <laughs> on these trade talks, right? And you get your hopes built oh. up, and then nothing really happens.
5: Yeah, exactly right. When you look at the most contentious issues, yeah, I guess you could say we, we've seen a little movement on the U.S. side allowing some tech trading uh, with Huawei, um, but uh, we haven't seen a whole lot of movement on China other than rhetoric. Uh, the Chinese government has tried to create some some headlines, which indicates to me they want to avoid the additional tariffs from President Trump and maybe want to give the appearance that we're moving in, in negotiations. But we don't see anything that they're really ready to change their colors, so to speak, and, and change what they're doing. So I, I, I'm not that optimistic we're going to see any significant movement out of the talks uh, that, that takes place next week.
0: What about pork sales into China? We heard yesterday from uh, the president and CEO of the U.S. Meat Export Federation that, uh, you know, right now they still have meat. They're, they're You know, they're obviously liquidating their herd, but they still have meat. But that we're getting to the point where they're going to start feeling some shortages there. And it's a matter of uh, if the tariffs are still on... We could still sell them some, but we won't be number one on the list. Europe probably would be. But if the tariffs are off, that really opens the door. Uh, What do you see with pork sales uh, for us going into China?
5: Well, we are seeing shipments start to ramp up. Uh, We're already at more than two-year highs on shipments to China. As we look at some of the data that came out yesterday for the month of June from China Customs data, it showed that pork imports from all all destinations uh, were at 160,000 tons during June. That's up 63% year-on-year. Year. Um, and uh, if you look year-to-date, imports are up 26% versus the previous year. So we're seeing that ramping up. Also, as we look at the domestic fresh pork prices on the retail market in China, we've seen a rapid escalation of prices there. China seems to be slowing down the release of pork from their reserves knowing that they're going to run out not wanting to put a sudden shock on the market supplying 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 oops we're out of it and that would just create panic in the you know in their market so they're slowing the drawdown from those reserves as they start to get low that's causing domestic prices to go up significantly. We saw a 21% increase. I, I think it was in the food inflation in June, 18% in May. Uh, and so we are seeing that effect, and it is playing out as we anticipated.
0: We're talking with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone. The other big speculation going on right now, is we're starting to try, people are trying to guess what our production is going to be this year. <laughs> and we're sitting here in Decatur, Illinois, and we're, we're kind of, you know, we're talking about how very variable conditions are, and, uh, you know, we're trying to get an idea on this. And you have kind of cautioned uh, folks saying, hey, it, it, be careful with these early guesstimates, right?
5: Yeah, there's so many unknowns in this year's crop, and uh you know, in, the, in the nearly four decades I've been working in this industry, I've never seen a year with so many challenges for the crops and so many unanswered questions. We'll get some of those questions answered on acreage on August 12th. That will not answer all the questions, because not all the data will be in, but it'll be a lot closer than where we are today. Uh, and, and then the yield answer, now the August yield estimate from WASD is going to be a combination of farmer surveys and uh, also of satellite data. And then we'll get the first real objective data in September. So I, I think we've got a lot of volatility in these markets ahead. I, I, the potential is there for these to be very short crops. But a lot of it depends on these next few weeks. Weather-wise, we're starting to dry out again creating some stress and i'm sure in illinois you're seeing some of that stress Mm -hmm. particularly in the in the mid-june planted corn and maybe in the early june planted corn um and uh we're creating some of that stress Uh, we've got some areas of the midwest with some very good crops but we've got a lot of key production areas that are seeing the stress
0: yeah we went through the hot humid period and now uh, i know some places got some much needed rain but we're sitting here in central illinois And we need some rain, and uh, that's going to become a story as we're going along. We've kind of bought some time now that it's cooled off a little bit here, but it's, it's amazing we've gone from talking about too much rain to now needing rain.
5: Yeah, and we've got uh, a number of areas as we've modeled out the progression of this crop. As you look at the, the Dakotas, Minnesota, into Wisconsin, and Michigan, we're going to have quite a bit of corn that really struggles to reach black layer, let alone dry down. So there's a little bit of fear we could be looking at a 2009 scenario once again where we put a lot of lower test weight wet corn into the bin. Uh, and as you recall, uh, in, later in that marketing year, all of a sudden USDA – had a surprise stocks report where they lost about a half million bushels of, of corn because what came out of the bin was a smaller volume than what went in.
0: So how do you see this corn market trading, say between now and that August 12th report?
5: Well, that's kind of like what I said um, back in June. I think it's going to do a lot of chopping around. It's going to see a lot of volatility. We're going to see some big swings back and forth in a wide trading range. Uh, Unless we see a a significant drop in crop ratings, I think we're going to just chop around in a broad trading range until we get to August 12th. That will start to set the tone and direction. If USDA would surprise with a much higher corn acreage number than anticipated, um, we could see it break sharply lower. If uh, USDA surprised the other side, we could go another leg higher. Um, but I do think that this market, <clears throat> excuse me, as we study some of our momentum indicators, we see a lot of pent-up energy now just searching for direction but reluctant to really go in any either direction until we get to at least August 12th.
0: So watch for those wild swings. What about this bean market?
5: Uh, Beans has even more questions than what the corn market does. Again, I think the potential is there for some uh, for some significant losses, but we have the big surplus carried over from last year, and demand is a big problem there. Um, USDA is still gonna have to i think ratchet down its export target for this year another notch and i think ratchet down its export target for next year by a more significant maybe another three hundred million bushels but that won't happen for a while on the new crop they're gonna hold that larger export target there for a while so if we do have a shorter crop there is the opportunity for beans to follow corn higher um, but i've seen acreage estimates all the way from seventy eight million to eighty nine million uh, on the soybeans. Personally, I right now as I collect data and harvested acreage, I think we're closer to that eighty two to eighty three million acre level. Then it comes down to yield. We know it's pro likely gonna be a, a subtrend yield, but by how far subtrend there's a you know, that's gonna really hinge on August weather.
0: Yeah, just a lot of questions still to be answered, right, Arlen?
5: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, the algos are going to love the volatility. It's going to be frustrating to producers and frustrating to end users. Um, but uh, the, the big thing is, I think, as we fight through this, is the cash market is doing a lot of the work right now. And particularly on the corn side, I think the cash market's telling us there are a lot of concerns out there
0: what are the markets assuming you know we went into this year even with late planning we talked about how markets and traders assume a big crop when we're this far in with all these questions what are they assuming at this point
5: well the institutional investors and which really dominate the market right now are assuming that we're going to have enough that, that we've done enough rationing already and that we're going to have adequate supplies but they're kind of holding in there just in case that's what the current assumption is is all of this has taken place within a broader, bearish attitude toward the commodity sector. That bearish attitude started when the trade war escalated in late May 2018, and you can track it all the way through. We'd get periodic times of, of rallies in the crude oil market or in the corn and soybean market because we'd have a brief story with a lot of headlines for, for the grains. It was because of the planning conditions, but as soon as those headlines die out, then the market kind of settles back once again. And the overall commodity sector is still trending lower because of those demand concerns as the global economy slows down. That's likely going to be the case until we get settlement on these trade issues.
0: Yeah, a lot of us tend to look out in fields and and try to deal and think in reality of what's out there. It's more about what the the traders are assuming that's going to happen that uh, impacts the market so often as you tell us. Arlen, thank you so much. Thanks for the update.
5: Thank you, Mike.
0: Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone. All right, we'll take our final break when we come back here to Decatur, Illinois, the Farm Progress Show site. We'll talk more about what's coming up at next month's show and a little more update on crop conditions uh, throughout central Illinois. So stay with us here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture.
6: My mom's a breast cancer survivor. The United Breast Cancer Foundation saved her life. Their free breast cancer exam caught the cancer early and it saved her life. But now the foundation needs your help so they can continue offering free or low-cost breast screening exams, saving more women's lives. Help them by donating your car, whether it's running or not. They'll provide fast, free 24-hour pickup, and you receive a charitable tax deduction. Plus, the great feeling you'll get knowing your donated car is going to help save more lives. Just call 800-745-3327 to set the wheels in motion. They take cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs, running or not. Call 800-745-3327. The United Breast Cancer Foundation needs your help, and your donation could literally save women's lives, helping them catch breast cancer early, like they did with my mom. Donate today. 800-745-3327. 745 3327
7: Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section and after dad's back injury. They helped when you were in pain, and you held on to them, just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Trouble with opioids can start at home with unused medicines, such as pills, patches, and syrups. You can remove the risk and protect your family. Find out how at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal.
8: Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network.
0: We're in Decatur, Illinois at the Farm Progress Show site. Farm Progress Show coming up next month, August 27th, 28th, and 29th. Our preview show brought to you by Tavium Plus Vapor Grip Technology herbicide from Syngenta. Always read and follow label instructions. Tavium Plus Vapor Grip Technology is a restricted-use pesticide. And we have with us Blake Miller, Agronomy Services Representative for Syngenta. Um, what's the number one thing you're hearing from customers
4: right now, Blake? Uh, probably right now, it's just how do we how we finish the season out in all those decisions we were talking about in the earlier segment, and uh, then you know applying some careful math and making sure there's a return on investment if we if we you know pull the trigger on fungicide applications. That's that's the number one piece to date and then you know there's been a few trickle in calls on this prevent plant acres we touched on before earlier too so those are really the two hot buttons that herbicide applications have typically trended off at this point
0: just tough decisions now as we said market prices have changed some thinking a little bit but well it's been tough uh, to decide how much more you're going to put out on that crop right
4: exactly and, and we talk about the late may early june you have to consider what what are the yield prospects there the other the other two pieces of the math are probably known you know but but i I would encourage everyone uh you know to make it make an informed decision on that and and monitor some of these diseases devastating things like southern rust that could come in and how that would impact harvest really is where is where i'm at and those weed management decisions
0: this year and beyond right we talked about earlier going to be big
4: yeah especially on the prevent plant acre that that's going to have nasty ramifications from years to come if that's not managed appropriately and, and anything that can be done to limit seed production in maybe some of these other acres where there were mature weeds that were missed in a tillage escape or something and the herbicide was unable to terminate them or or, or careful things to manage all right blake thanks a lot all right matt youngman about a month
0: to go you said there are gonna be a lot of new things at this year's farm progress show right
2: there, there certainly is we're we're awful excited you know the People will ask, folks like you will ask, what, what's going to be new at the Farm Progress show? And, and usually it doesn't have a thing to do with us. It has to do with what what the exhibitors, what folks like Syngenta are are bringing to the show that makes it new. And and this year is, it, it it's crazy the list that I have this early. I mean, there's, there's going to be something new on everybody's lot. But when you have a new tractor in the field from Case IH, the new Kubota high horsepower tractor, a brand new tractor that just got rolled out to Canada last week is going to be rolled out. Uh, here at the Farm Progress Show. A whole new lineup in the Fent family. Last year they came with the, that black um, uh, combine, and now they're going to add a bunch more to the Fent family. Kloss is making a bunch of announcements. There's going to be some tractor rollouts and then some other things that I can't talk about. This Roxor thing, which is kind of a cool new unique entry into the side-by-side market. Um, a, a movie premiere happening at the show. There's going to be a, a, a movie called Silo, That's going to be, they're going to be promoting that show. And part of that is that Easton Corbin is, uh, he he has written the closing credits song. So he's going to come and be at the show and perform that. Uh, AGI, GSI, and Morton all having new buildings on the show site. The uh, Wiffles is doing something really super cool with the the opening ceremonies. I can't talk about what that is, but that's going to be neat. Just last week, uh, we got a program put together with the National Hemp Association. I know there's a ton of questions out there on the countryside about hemp and what's it mean and crop insurance and chemistries. And um, we actually just got, just as I was driving down this morning, I saw come across my email our first application from a hemp genetics company. So somebody selling hemp seed is going to be there in that pavilion area. Um, I have heard that Clint Boyer will be here. He has a relationship with the Calb, so he's going to be here on Tuesday. Uh, Easton Corbin, as I mentioned, on Wednesday. Just you know, great partnership from from St. Jenna is a great partner. You know, they're helping with this program, and then also our Syngene Square, our beer garden at the show, is is really cool. Um, everybody's going to be keeping their eye on this corn and see how this corn matures. We are, you know, we are making, we don't want to be unrealistic, but at the same time, there's still a good chance that Mother Nature is going to agree with us, and we're going to be able to have a full rack of field demonstrations, and, you know, it used to be auto steer and GPS, and now that's kind of a standard thing, and, and now it's autonomy, so we're going to have autonomous demonstrations, at least one company with autonomous tractors, if not another one, a lot of stuff coming down the line on that, doing tiling demonstrations again, as we've, as we've done in the past, adding to that a mock line strike so we're going to mock up what it would look like in a tiling demonstration if you hit a gas pipeline so that's going to happen every day at one o'clock just you know tons of stuff Uh, another cool thing a partnership with titan tire uh your wristband we're going to pay you to come to the farm progress show so your wristband is good for a hundred dollars off your next set of tires whether that's tractor atv utility vehicle skid steer that's a that's a great partnership from titan uh, Kubota, something new that we've never done before, has partnered with us to to do a three-day pass to the show, and with that, you get a signed Max Armstrong Kubota cap when you go by their booth. So, you know, like I mentioned, it's just you know one thing after the next. We've got we've got new stuff all the way down the line. I think Max is probably got that signature thing down pretty he, good by yeah now, i think he yeah <laughs> i think he doesn't do anything but sign things it's hard to heck my planter at home has got a max armstrong signature on it
0: <laughs> well david bricks you're feeling a little bit better about something to harvest uh, a month from now right
3: yeah we have, we've got corn so uh, uh we just gotta keep the heat units coming and and uh, finish it off so because uh, we definitely want to see everything running that's for sure
2: Matt, uh, there's been some road construction around the show side, but it looks like they're getting that wrapped up. Yeah, they've got that opened back up, and, and it, it's pretty much you're taking the same name to roads. It's just they're in a different place now. You come a little bit further down 48, the hook get on to Brush College just like you used to. It just happens to be in a new place, right, David?
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm- Oh, but keep quiet on that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we'll talk more about that as we get closer.
0: We're going to be doing a few more uh, shows. Uh, we'll we'll check in with you by phone from time to time, Matt, and, uh, as we get closer. But I want to thank you for, uh, for uh, joining us here, along with host farmer David Bricks and Blake Miller, Agronomy Services Representative for Syngenta. Our Farm Progress Show preview shows brought to you by Tavium Plus Vapor Grip Technology Herbicide from Syngenta. Always read and follow label instructions. Tavium Plus Vapor Grip Technology is a restricted-use pesticide. Thanks for joining us again. Farm Progress Show next month, August 27th, 28th, and 29th. From Decatur, Illinois, thanks for joining us on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world.
7: You may not realize how important three letters can be. For a patient who needs type A, B, or O blood, these letters can mean life, but there simply aren't enough people giving blood. Waiting for critical surgeries, your generosity can give someone more life. Don't wait until the letters A, B, and O are missing from hospital shelves. You are the missing type patients need. Visit redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to make your donation appointment today. 180 over 111 and I had a stroke. When I woke up, I couldn't speak or walk.
4: 180 over 110, and I had a stroke. And I'm 33, so I never see this coming. If you've come off your treatment plan, get back on it. Or talk with your doctor to create an exercise, diet, and medication plan that works for you.
0: Go to loweryourhbp.org.
1: I had to tell. Everything's changed Head to toe. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council.